Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now back to the week that was with Joe Palmisano. Remember, we are starting from scratch today. We don't know anything about coronavirus. We're going to get the answers. One of the people who is on the front line uh, and, and working, I think, around the clock is Dr. Marie Nauman. Uh, she is a medical director of Stark County Health Department. She's been that since 2009. She's also a practicing pediatrician with over 20 years uh, of medical experience in the as a pediatrician, family practice in pediatrics. And Dr. Ahmed, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. You're welcome. I, I wanted to get into, first of all, I wanted to thank you for the time you put in and, and, and really ask you how you're doing, how you're holding up in all this. Um, we're, we're holding up just, just fine in this. This is stuff we do every day, just a bit longer hours right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to get, let's just start from the beginning. Um, okay. I told people today, I wanted to get rid of all the hype, get rid of everything you've heard. And let's just pretend we crawled out of a cave or whatever and found out there's <laughs> this disease out here. What is coronavirus? So coronavirus is a virus that causes cold-like symptoms. The issue is the coronavirus that we're talking about right now is a new virus to humans. It, the virus that kind of jumped ship that was in animals, and now it started infected, infecting humans, and even more so, it is now going from human to human. So... Um, Yes, it's, it's a it's a cold virus that that affects humans. All right, what, what what's the difference between that, the coronavirus, this version of the coronavirus, and the flu? That's a very very good question. And the real difference, honestly, is that this is a new virus to humans, and thus we do not have any pre-existing immunity to it. And on top of that, we also don't have a vaccine for it. So our typical flu virus, there is some variation and antigenic shift that goes on from year to year, and the virus, you know, the flu virus can kind of tweak itself from year to year. However, we look at those trends and we make our annual flu shots, you know, to, to keep up with those trends to help protect the community. We haven't had this particular virus in humans before 2019. So we have no pre-existing immunity to, to help us fight back on this. Does that make sense? It does, but I, I guess I'm trying to figure out, when I look at the stats, and you and I talked about this yesterday, mm -hmm. and we talk about, I mean, we have shut down this country. And, and I asked the question earlier in the show, 
Is it the virus or is it our reaction to the virus that is causing the crisis? And, and I, you know, in spite of the vaccines and everything, we're looking at probably by the end of flu season, possibly the CDC is predicting probably 30,000 people in this country will die from the flu. Correct. Correct. And, and so, so, and and right now we've got four. We've got five thousand worldwide that have died from coronavirus as of yesterday. That number is going to go up. So the difference, as far as you know, well, to go back to the first question: Is yes. it the virus, or is it our reaction to the virus that's shutting down the country? It's both. <laughs> so. Our reaction to the virus is what is, we are doing what is needed to contain the virus. And so, you know, as Dr. Acton, she's our director, the Ohio Director of Health, said yesterday, you know, on the front line of a pandemic, which we are truly in, you look like an alarmist. Like we all look like Chicken Little, you know, running around shutting things down. Yeah. But on the back end, we're going to be told we didn't do enough. Hmm. But but are you going to do enough or are you just going to be, are you more concerned about being told you're not doing enough? No, we we are doing enough. I know that. We we are doing everything we possibly can. And and to be honest, you're going to see more restrictions. We are going to be asking people to shut down even more than we have. Wow. This is, this is, this is coming. Um, So, you know, we've kind of, we've got this, tiered approach, you know, so there's a four-tier approach. The first thing, as far as, you know, trying to contain this is self-isolation. So if you have any type of cold symptoms, we're asking you to stay home. This is different. This is completely different for our community. You know, Americans, we're used to kind of toughen it out. You know, you got a little runny nose, you need to go to work. You know, you you don't stay home. We're asking people to pedal that back and not do that. If you feel ill in any way, you need to stay home. Not only, we're taking that a step, a step further. The second step is if someone in your household is ill, you need, you need to stay home. So think about that. You know, people, little kids, I'm a pediatrician, right? Little kids, they have runny nose, they have coughs all the time. We're asking their parents to now stay home. Their parents so, to stay home. If the kids are sick, mm-hmm. because the parents could then be infected. The third thing is if everybody's healthy in your house <laughs> and you need to go out and about, we are asking you to practice what we call social isolation. So if you're going somewhere, please try to maintain a six-foot diff- you know, distance between you and the next person. Because if one person is infected, that one person spreads it to two to three people. And it's logarithmic. But is that possible? Going to a store, going shopping, going to Sam's Club, going whatever, is that possible to do? You have to try to make it possible. Now, I know. I've had reports. You know, people told me they were at certain stores and there was 40-minute waits in line. So you do, if you have to get your groceries, you have to get your groceries. You know, try to go on off hours. Try not to take the whole family yeah. <laughs> to the grocery store. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, try to have one person go, one person that really knows how to wash their hands, one person 
that knows how to not touch their face. I mean, we all do that. It's like a habit, you know? So we really need to make a conscious effort to not do that. If you do happen to cough or sneeze, which I think everybody's really worried to do that in public because it's like, you know, (laughs) you get all these glaring eyes at you. You know, make sure that you're coughing into the, you know, into the crook of your arm or, you know, into your shirt, literally pull it up over your face and, you know, cough or sneeze into your shirt. Um, but you just, you know, I mean, gone are the days where you just take the whole family and you go grocery shopping on the weekend. Yeah. Just try and, uh, to or tone anywhere. it down. Right. I, all right, know, let me, really. do we know enough about this? And we're talking with Dr. Maureen Almond. She is the, and I'm pronouncing that correctly, correct? You are, you are, yep. And she is the medical director of Stark County Health Department. And I, I, do we know enough about this to know that if it is deadlier than the flu, it is. If it's more severe than the flu, that it, it, it its effects are different on the body than the flu. Yes, we do. Now the the information is changing almost hourly. I mean, I'm just going to complete be completely transparent with you. Um, you know, but from what we see coming out of China, coming out of Italy, coming out of South Korea, and now coming out of the U.S. Um, is that it tends to attacks the lungs more quickly than the flu. And again, with the flu, we have a lot of experience with the flu. We know what to do. We know what medications we can kind of use. We know what ventilator settings to use. All of these things. Coronavirus is new to us, you know. So we are learning hour by hour what what to do. So it, you know, it is, it is different in, in that way is does that answer your question it, 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 yeah and i get that it is it's not so much that we don't know if it's more dangerous but we don't know that it is not more dangerous correct at this point what we know and what the the cdc experts are saying is that we do believe the fatality rate at the end of this for the this new coronavirus is going to be higher than the flu, the typical influenza virus. Why did, and then let me ask you one more question before we go to break, and then I have mm-hmm. a bunch of other questions after, if you don't mind holding. And I, yeah. I can't thank you enough. Why did they call one the coronavirus? Why do they call one influenza? Because they're completely different viruses. So every virus has, has a name. In fact, you know, there's more than one influenza virus. Okay. You know, there's the H1N1, there, you know, there's, type, there's different types of influenza A, there's different types of influenza B, the vaccine covers four types of it, although there's more than four types. You know, so it's every virus has their own, their own name. Now, there are more than one type of coronavirus. In fact, one of the most common causes of the common cold is a coronavirus, but let me make it clear, not this one, not, right. not the novel coronavirus 2019. So it's, sim- you know, it, it's that type of virus, and they, they name that, they look at that by what the virus looks like. Okay. Like microscopically. So, so I, I have read that the coronavirus has kind of a, a crown on it. it. It does, or you can think of like sticky projections okay. sticking out from it. That it, it tends to kind of stick to the lungs ah. more than to the upper airway, like 
you know, your nose more like, that the flu does. The flu can get to your lungs, absolutely. Yeah. But it tends to not do it as quickly and, you know, um, as insidiously <laughs> as the, this new novel coronavirus. Listen, this is really interesting. We're going to continue with Dr. Maureen Amman, the medical director of Stark County Health Department, also pediatrician. Um, we're going to continue. I want to get into um, uh, can it come back? Does it go, you know, uh, there? Okay. All the stuff. We're going to continue with Dr. Maureen Amman right after this. The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano. Oh, We are continuing with Dr. Maureen Amon. I, I appreciate you holding through that marathon of commercials, um, news, and, and everything else. But I, I wanted to, what, Dr. Amon, what are the differences in the symptoms of the two? Do, you, do we know that? We do know that, don't we? We, we do, for the, for the most part, yes. Yeah. So, you know, if you, as far as with the flu, you know, your typical influenza, a lot of times um, starts off with a fever, typically, you know, a, a higher level fever, not just a low grade around 100 type fever, but a higher fever, you know, coughing, runny nose, sore throat, a lot of times the flu starts off with a sore throat type symptoms, um, muscle aches, sometimes some vomiting and diarrhea. Now that can happen with the new coronavirus, but what we are seeing more, and again, this evolves every day, is fever, cough, rapid onset of short, shortness of breath. Like it's getting to the lungs a lot more quickly. So that is it that's, a dry cough, a drier. It's usually with the coronavirus. What we're seeing is it is more of a dry cough, not like that rattly, wet cough, but. I hesitate to say it's only a dry cough because every <laughs> it's evolving and every every person displays things differently and it depends on what your underlying medical conditions are, how exactly it's going to present. So I want to make sure that I'm not telling someone that if they don't have a dry cough, you know, it's not right. coronavirus or if you have a wet cough, it's not, you know. So typically that is what we're seeing, more of a dry cough, fever, shortness of breath, not seeing as much, and they can have the, the muscle aches that we call myalgias, but we're not seeing as much like runny nose, sore throat, you know, what you see your typical little kid running around, you know, running mm -hmm. around with, you know, in the winter. However, it can present like that, a typical cold in a child, and then it actually, you know, in a child it's going to present differently than it would say you know, an adult, and especially an adult that has underlying medical conditions. Okay. I, I, I wanted, there are two confirmed cases right now in Stark County. Correct. Is there a danger, and I've read kind of people extrapolating these numbers out and saying, because there's <laughs> two cases and the way they got these cases, that means that this many people are going to be infected. Is there a danger in that? Is there a danger in which way to in, the in, general public? In, well, I guess in extrapolating those numbers out, judging from two and how they got it, or is that important to be able to say, okay, this means that 100,000 will be infected or something? So that is important <laughs> information to get, that these, these are important 
um, studies that we're, that we're doing in exercises, and I mean exercises meaning like we're going, we're crunching the numbers, you know, this is, these are very important things to do so that we can stay ahead of the curve. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that pandemic curve that no. we're putting on, putting on the news. And so with that, if you, if you look at a typical pandemic curve, there's different phases of it. And right now we're kind of like, if you can think of a hill, if you're driving up a hill, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you're kind of approaching the hill, you're, you're, know that you're getting to the hill. That was us last week, right? We know that we're getting there. Now we're kind of like a third of the way up the hill. And the issue is about halfway up the hill. This is hard without being able to show you. No, I get it. I get it. Halfway up the hill, we run out of hospital resources. Okay. So we need to flatten our hill. Okay. We, We can't get to the top of the hill. We have to flatten our hill. In order to do that, we need to use the information that we have. We, we know how viruses, how viruses kind of replicate and how things spread through a community. This is not new information to public health officials. This is stuff we, we know. We can, there's many studies on this before this pandemic, before there was ever a case in China. And you could judge. officials knew this, knew how, you know, this would work. You so, could yes, judge us from yeah. two cases? We There's more than, than, there's two cases in Stark County, right. but we're not just judging it from our two cases here. Remember, this has been going on in China for months, and, yes. and again, we're seeing, so we're not using just the two cases that we have in Stark County. Okay. We are utilizing the information from other countries. We are utilizing the information from Seattle. So, Yes, it is true. It's not that we're, you know, hypothesizing these numbers. I get we that. We know when there's a pandemic, if there, if there is community spread, and now to make it clear, we have two cases in Stark County that is community spread. We know when there is community spread, then 1% of our population has it. That's where that 100,000 people in okay. Ohio infected number comes from. That's just 1% of our population in Ohio. Um, I'm not a numbers crunching kind of person, but these are the numbers that, that, you know, Dr. Acton gave us yesterday. And this is because we, we know that this is not that we expect a hundred thousand people to be infected. There are a hundred thousand people infected. Does that mean that there's a hundred thousand people that need to go to the doctor and need to go to the hospital? Absolutely not. If you have cold symptoms, please stay at home for two weeks. I know that is asking a lot of our community, but we really, really need people to step up and be socially responsible to flatten our hill. Remember, we we can't get to the top of the hill. Does that make sense? I I get it. And forgive me for for asking questions that may sound like I'm a, a doubting Thomas. I'm, I'm asking. No, 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 no. I'm asking questions that I think a lot of people, hopefully, would would have. Absolutely, and hopefully we can clear clear up clear it up for them. You know. Is 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 this airborne? Is the the flu is airborne? Right. The flu is air droplet, and so we kind of get into the little um, nuances of of the terminology. <laughs> so. Air droplet means if someone coughs or sneezes, 
that actual drop can, you know, that, that they cough out, right. you know, someone else can, can get that in them. And that's why we're saying stay six feet away. I'll be completely transparent with you. We ha- are not 100% sure if it's airborne. Airborne means that it can stay in a room for a while. So it's actually in the air. After you leave, yes, actually in the air, not just if you're directly in contact with, with a droplet. And that is where some of the confusion has been about, you know, as far as with healthcare workers, do you have to wear an N95 respirator because that's airborne versus a regular mask, that's air droplet. And the recommendations are, are changing, you know, um, are changing daily. That's why we ask people who are sick in the healthcare setting to wear a mask because then their droplets don't get away, <laughs> you know, from them. But, I mean, we have to trust. We, we have the best of the best in the United States with our scientists, and, and they are cranking out <laughs> the best information that is out there, you know, um, on, a, on a daily basis. So we, we are heeding to their advice, and we are doing what, what they say at the top level. I have to ask you this. I have read a bunch of stuff, which is dangerous. Um, <laughs> it can be. Yeah, I know. But I, I've looked at the, there that there's a lack of test kits. Are we seeing that here in Stark County? Are there enough test kits so that people can be tested? There there are. The, the whole lack of test kits was because we didn't have the test readily available initially. Okay. So what I want to make clear, though, is that not everybody is going to get tested, and not everybody needs to get tested. So when I say that there's not a shortage of test kits, there's not a shortage of test kits for the people who need to get tested. So, for example, if you have a cold and you're not having difficulty breathing, and it's the kind of thing that if we weren't in this pandemic, you would go about your daily business. Right. We are asking you to stay at home. You can call your doctor's office and get further advice um, and make sure they know, you know, that you, that you have a cold. And so if things change, you can come up with a game plan with your physician on how to, you know, get care and get tested if things get worse. But honestly, unless you need to be in a hospital at this point right now, this is this is going to change daily. I'm I'm going to tell you that right now. Right. But right now, you don't need to get tested. So if a person goes to a doctor, <clears throat> and and I'm I'm I think psychosomatically, I'm starting to get a rough throat, <laughs> yeah. but. But yeah. but if if someone goes to a doctor and has like flu-like symptoms and the doctor then has to test for flu first and then come back and test for So cr- it is it is up to the doctor right now. I'm not going to speak for all the the primary care docs, you know, out there. However, at this time 
Well, first of all, I want to say, don't just walk into the doctor's office. If you have cold symptoms, call your doctor first and tell them you have cold symptoms and come up with a game plan. We absolutely don't want people just stopping in okay. <laughs> type of thing. And not to the walk-in clinics, not not anything, you know, not to the urgent cares. You need to call first and come up with come up with a game That's plan. That's a very interesting point. Okay. So, so you need to put that out there first. Um, the second thing is, because we are in a situation now where we know we have community spread, and again, I'm not going to speak for all primary care physicians, but, but many will now at this point, and it is appropriate, to test, do a nasopharyngeal swab, which is like a, it's a little swab that goes in your nose all the way to the back of your throat. It's not pleasant. Um, and they will test it for flu. If it's negative, then it'll go on to be tested for the coronavirus vaccine. Okay. All right. Not all physicians' offices, in fact, many most, many, many of them, most of them, right as we're speaking, do not have the capability to do that in their office. That does not mean that it can't be done. What that means is that then those primary care physicians need to work with the local hospitals to figure out who in their jurisdiction, you know, um, has these tests and how to go about getting someone tested. But again, if, you know, you're able to carry out your regular daily things, we're asking you, yes, to stay at home, to be clear on that, but you don't necessarily have to go. I mean, most people don't go to the doctor when you get cold symptoms, so this is no different. Now, if you get a cold and it gets worse, and, you know, you're having, you know, shortness of breath or you're having chest pain or you just... Then where do you go? Then you call your doctor. Okay. Right. And arrange where to go. Now, say you're home and you get bad. Like you have, you have really, truly, you have difficulty breathing. You're having chest pain or chest pressure. You're, you're struggling, you know, or if you're at home with someone who this is happening to and or they have confusion or they look like their color is off you're going to call 911 but you're going to tell the 911 operator that what it, you know what is happening and you know you live in a community where there's community spread so that our first line our frontline first responders show up at your house with the appropriate equipment to protect themselves also but that then, then that overwhelms the hospitals. It, which overwhelms the hospitals? But, uh, because uh, everybody waits until they're real sick, and then they call nine one one. That no, we're we're not asking you to wait till you're real sick to go. I mean, if you are real sick, you call nine one one. But you, if you're getting worse, you're calling your doctor I get to get with a game plan first. Okay. Does that clarify that? That, that does. I didn't mean, like, don't do anything until you get sick. I didn't mean that. All right. I, I want to ask you, what, what is the turnaround time on the, on the test? Is if, if you give someone a coronavirus test, how long does it take for that person to know or for you to know whether that person has it? So there's different places that are doing the testing. So the sickest of the sick, so our people in the ICUs, those tests right now can be done by the Ohio Department of Health. And so there are 
people, couriers all over. I mean, the public, the local health departments are transporting these um, specimens from all over Ohio down to Columbus to get these run. And the Ohio Department of Health actually is running them 24-7. So the sickest of the sick, like I said, those we can potentially get an answer back in 24 hours. Okay. There are some hospitals that now have the ability to, and, not, and again, there's not many, but there are some hospitals in the state of Ohio that now have the ability to get an, an answer in less than 12 hours. However, if you're in your doctor's office getting it done, or, you know, then those are typically done through a private lab company. There's two different private lab companies, and that can take up to three days. Okay. Is, is, the, it, it, I have read that there is a, a test that, that has come out that it's like 10 times faster. Have you heard that? No. Which one are you talking about? Are you I'm, referring I, to the CAT scan? No, I was talking okay. about a, a test, uh, the same kind of testing or something, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I, no, I have not. I do See, know that's that, like a danger said, in me reading. <laughs> yeah, there are some hospitals that can have a quicker turnaround time because they're doing it for their own patients right on site. All right. I, I, I know we've got we've to go to a break, and, and I, I can't. I think you've, Dr. Armin, you've done an incredible job of answering the questions, of putting up with me, starting from scratch and asking, you know, answering these questions. I can't thank you enough for the time you've spent with me uh, and our listeners. I think you've, you've brought some clarity, at least in my mind, to all these things. I know there's still, it's still kind of up in the air. There's still many more questions than there are answers at this point. Absolutely. Which causes us to have to kind of throw a blanket over the whole thing. <laughs> does that make sense? It, 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 yes. I mean, it does. When pe- People are calm when we have answers, and the issue is that we don't have a lot of answers. But I do want to reassure everybody that we, are, we, we do know what we're doing and what we're asking you to do is based on real scientific evidence from experiences that we have had in the past. And so please bear with us. <laughs> know that, that things change daily, and we are doing everything we can just to keep everybody safe because that's what we do at public health. And again, let me stress this. It, it's not that, that it is so scary. It's just that we're doing things prudently at this point correct you are absolutely correct and that that i think is is important and and i thank you dr maureen amen medical director stark county health department since 2009 you have been amazing and thank you so much for your time and you please take care of yourself i will do thank you thank you okay